I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119, and we're going to start the uh, 14th section, I believe. The last time I said I thought we were starting the 12th, but I was off by one. Uh, so this is the 13th section, and we're dealing with, of course, the next letter, the Hebrew alphabet, uh, Nun. And it starts out with some light for us. In fact, uh, looking at this, uh, we will see that the light of God's Word is very, very important. And the very first verse is a verse that maybe many of us have memorized and, uh, quote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Now that's statement one, comma, and, in conjunction with that, a light unto my path. Now I'm going to differentiate that in in just a moment, but uh, let's take a look at the lamp. Now, in their days, that would have involved uh, an object uh, made that would put the oil in the bottom of the wick, and then they would light it, and as long as that oil was there, it would continue to burn. Now, we know that oil is a, a type of the Holy Ghost in the Bible, and we also know that light is uh, several things. First of all, it is the opening of the eyes to the Word of God, and that light offers us to the uh, God of the Word. It reminds us, it shows us clearly that we're sinners. It shows us the law, that we can't keep the law. And when we get to the New Testament, it shows us grace. And, of course, it shows us that in the New Test- in the Old Testament as well because Abraham believed God. It was accounted unto him for righteousness, and it had nothing to do with the law. And people that say you need to be circumcised need to go back and realize that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness before circumcision was even instrumental or even initiated. So there, there's a wrongness there and, and an error. So we know that the lamp is uh, something that had to be taken care of. So the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. That means we need the Holy Ghost, the oil. We can't let the oil run out. We've got to keep our lives clean and clear so that the Holy Spirit can operate in our lives. And we need to keep the wick and be ready to replace it when it burns down and then keep the fire burning. If you do not do what you need to do with the lamp, then the lamp gets dim and you can't see as well. And then the light goes out and you don't see at all. So you have to keep it trimmed. You remember the the, uh, the parable of the five uh, ten virgins five foolish and five wise the five foolish had forgotten to bring enough oil to get them through the time and they said oh the bridegroom's coming well give us some of your oil no well, we, we've got to have it for us you should have thought about that and prepared 
for the day that was coming. You didn't prepare. You're not going to be able to make it. This is as simple as that. Go and buy. But while they went, the bridegroom came. The songwriter said, keep your lamps all trimmed and burning for the bridegroom. Watch and wait. So the word of God needs to be treated like that. We need to make sure that we are keeping our oil, our Holy Spirit-filled life, and that we keep the wick burning. How do you do that? By staying in the word of God. You can't get out of the word of God. It is a part of your daily life. It is a part of your daily walk. It's a part of your daily living. And the Lord speaks through his word. Okay? He speaks through his word. And he gives us what we need. And I've said before, when I first got saved, my pastor would say, okay, when you get up, get on your knees, no breakfast until you've had your Bible. First thing, out of bed, on your knees, pray, ask God to open your eyes to his word and to talk with you and tell him you need him today. And he said, get in the word, have your devotions and read until he gives you something and then write that down, that verse of what he gave you on a card and take it with you, a three by five card, because somewhere during the day, you will need that. And I was telling you, that is exactly the truth. That happened all the time. And so I have my devotional life different than my study life. My study life is to study the Word of God, to understand it better, to be able to present it in such a way that it makes sense to people. But my devotional life is for the Lord to speak to me. Now, I want Him to speak to me when I'm studying. Okay, I do, and, and He does. I want to see new things, and I want to apply those to my life. But the purpose of devotional is, Lord, this morning, get me started for my day in devotions that bring me to my devotion to you and remembrance of you in everything I do. Give me what I need to make it through this day, and let me take and apply that wonderful thing that you will tell me that I'm going to need today and make it through without any issues because thy word is a lamp unto my feet. You notice that that intense light of the lamp is going to be the closest right there at your feet. So what I find is that we are looking at the uh, incredible guiding, okay, guiding of the Word of God. It guides us. The thing is, it gives us enough, uh, a lot of light on our feet to make the next step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in them. He gives us the ability to make the next step in total light. Now, he says, and it's a light unto my path. Now, remember, the path is a synonym for the word of God of not just the, uh, of the road that we're on, the road of life, but the very next set of steps. He gives us a little bit of light to kind of see down the pathway, any obstacles or things that are coming up on the left or the right that we can avoid and stay on the straight and narrow. But it does not illuminate beyond a certain amount. You can't see way down the road. If we could see way down the road what God was going to do with our lives, we would panic and say, oh, I can't do that. But that step that's lit perfectly right there at your feet to make that next step, that will get you one step closer, shining the light down the path a little further so you can look to the left or the right, make sure that you don't have anything in the way. You don't get off to the left or the right. You just keep going down the straight and narrow. And that gives you now more strength to take the next step, which you couldn't have taken had you not taken the step before. Now you take this step, you go the next step, and it pushes the light down the road a little further. 
and we live from step to step, day to day, and we may make several steps in one day. We may make one step in one day. But whatever it is, God's Word is illuminating our heart. Down in the, uh, Psalm 119, later on, we're going to read this verse. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. And thank God the, bar, the word of God is for more than just uh, people who are, are smart. It is written for everybody to know. You don't have to have a high IQ in order to do that. You think about the song, The Lighthouse. I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. It's through the light of God's word when you faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God that you got in, and it's been by faith and belief and trust as you've studied his word and had devotions and heard preaching and teaching that has led you to grow in the Lord as you let his word be that lamp unto your feet and that light unto your path. So it's a lamp, it's a light, it guides and it's leading us. Look at verse 106. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. It's leading me each step to cause me to swear, to charge. It literally means to seven oneself, which is what meant, and that was a oath, to take an oath, the idea of that to seven oneself. And it says, I, I have sworn and because I made it an oath, I will perform it. And the interesting thing is, when he says, I will perform it, it's in that intensive stem. He's not like, and I'll, I'll do it. It's, I will do it. I will perform it. I am going to do that. That is my heart's desire. I will perform it. And this is what I'm going to do also. I will keep, I will guard thy righteous judgments. Your judgments are right, and I am letting it lead me in righteousness, and I'm going to guard that righteousness, and I'm letting it lead me to perform what you're showing me by the light, period, end of story. I am not going to give in, give up, or get out. The word perform literally has the idea to put into practice. I have sworn I'm going to perform. I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to get out there and do what the Bible says that I have told other people the Bible says. I'm going to do that which I am supposed to do. It is not only leading, but in verse 107, it is showing us the lawness. Uh, it shows us because of that lamp, as we, that light down the path, and we can see what's happening on the left and the right a little bit to see the things that are out there ahead to distract us so we can be ready before we get there to keep on keeping on the straight and narrow. He said, I am afflicted. I am, you know, he's going back that I am afflicted very much. He's already made that clear. We've seen that in the sections before. Quicken me. We've seen that before. Revive me. Keep me alive. Don't let me do anything I shouldn't do. Keep me alive according to thy word. I am afflicted. And he said, I need that quickening. By the way, that quickening me is back in that imperative, in that intensive stem. It's amazing how he always says it in that 
I need to be alive in you. Your word will do that. Your word will keep me alive. According to your word, I want to live so that I will not fall for the lawless who are afflicting me very much. I am sorely afflicted. Help me. I need your presence. I need your power. I need you. I need absolute ability to be able to be okay. Amen. I am afflicted. So make me alive. Revive me. And do it, O Lord, according to thy word. That's kind of powerful, isn't it? But then we go one more verse. We see the learning. The learning. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Okay? He comes. He says, I want you to accept what I'm offering you freely of my mouth. I am speaking praise to you because I love you. I adore you. The section above, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord. And so I'm giving you free will offerings. I'm worshiping you and loving you and adoring you and praising you. Now, teach me thy judgments. And by the way, when he says, accept, I beseech thee the free will offering of my mouth. He is saying it in the imperative. And he's also saying, teach me in the imperative. Now, up above, he said to teach me. He was saying it in the causative, cause me to learn. But here, he's saying it in the intensive stem. Keep teaching me. I got to have your teachings. I have to have the learning so that I can continue to live for you. And I'm going to continually, as I ask you to accept begging you, the free will offerings of my mouth. I am freely talking to you, and I want so bad for you to teach me, teach me, teach me. He's never satisfied. There is a principle from the Word of God, and the principle is in the school of the Bible, lifelong learning. We are never done learning in life. Life will throw things at us, and we have to deal with them, and we can learn quickly, or we can learn horribly. We can, you know, I went through this before. I should have learned from this and then repeat the same thing. My dad would tell me, son, was it worth going through what you just went through? And I said, I don't know. It was pretty bad. He said, well, did you learn anything from it? Yes. What did you learn? Did you? And if I say, well, I learned that this brings bad deals, he said, fine. Now, if you don't do it again and you've learned this is bad, then it might have been worth going through. But if you repeat it again, you are a fool. Man, that's harsh words right there pretty stout, harsh, bad words from a dad, but I get it. If you're not going to learn from it, if you're not going to have lifelong learning, there's something wrong. You need to be careful as you're out. Now we go to the next set of verses. We go from guiding to guarding. Guarding. The Bible guards us. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. And what he's saying there is, my life, my soul, the breath, the very breath I breathe is right here in my hand uh, and is showing uh, actually a fear that he has because we all know that our last breath could come 
And he says, there's a continuation of all these things. I've been afflicted. It continues. It's there in my hand. He said, yet do I not forget thy law. I don't put out of mind the laws that you said. I try to keep them ever before me, constantly in my memory. I do not become devoid or detach myself from that which you have said. I have to keep that because I would be in fear. So the first thing that we see is that there is a calmness of fear. There is a calmness of fear. And where does that come from? That comes from keeping the word of God and never forgetting it, meditating therein day and night. We must remind ourselves over and over again to chew on the word of God and regurgitate it back up and chew on it some more. Therefore, we need to be in it every day. Therefore, we need to be uh, at not our devotions, but some kind of a study time where you take apart a passage and read it and say, ask the six questions, who, what, when, why, and where, and what is the verses above it and below it that feed into this so you get it into its context, and you learn more and more of the great things of the Word of God. If you don't, then each day you go by, and when you and the and the devil's very good at okay now stop praying okay now stop reading, and over time you have no communication with God. You wonder why you have no uh, ability to get through things because you're not insatiating yourself into the Word of God. You're not making the overflow the God of the Word, the Word of God, and the praise of the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ, and thankfulness for all that they have done. Then. We see not only does it calm our fears, but it does something too. It constrains our enemies. He guards us. He constrains our enemies. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. He said, because I took your word and I made principles out of them. Even though the wicked have laid a snare, I have been guarded and I erred not. It means to wander, to go astray, to get off the path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And if you look to the left or to the right, there are those who are wicked and they have laid the snare. They have set the trap. In fact, up above, we we saw that it was snares. It was traps, many of them. And the devil never plays fair. And he plays that which he knows will get to us. He has absolute knowledge by watching how people are, that it is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he appeals to that through all the media of the world, the mediums of the world, and through all the messages of the world. And we're bombarded with it. Even messages like, to thine own self be true, and number one, put number one first, and it's all about me, totally opposite of the Bible. The Bible says things that just people don't believe in and don't live and don't practice. You know, we're to esteem others better than ourselves. We don't do that. We think we're it. And I say that in general sense. There are people who keep the Bible laws. Amen. Wonderful. But for the majority, what we see constantly bombarded at our children are all kinds of things that are ungodly, wicked, immoral, and presented as okay. And more and more and more in children's programming, they're introducing very wicked lifestyles and all kinds of horrible things, and they're doing it at the level of children's programming. On top of that, commercials teaching things that are wicked and wrong, 
when they're watching maybe even a good program. You have to be so vigilant today and so on guard and so up to what's happening because it's hidden and the devil's crafty and he's deceitful and he denies and he defies and he brings in kind of uh, doubts and fears and things. And the, he uses wicked people to lay traps, people that he gets hold of them and they hate Christianity and they will do everything they can to destroy Christianity because they don't want anyone or anybody to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not who they are and what they're about. And we must be careful. So you see the guiding of the word of God, the guarding. Now we see here the gladdening. I'm telling you the, the heart is uh, deceitful about all things and desperately wicked. But once it is saved by the grace of God and you let it guide you and you let it guard you, it'll gladden you. As my pastor used to say, as I said last time, it'll change the look on your face. He says in verse 111, thy testimonies, your records, the evidences that you have for me in the Bible have I taken as a heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Now, we see here two things that I think are really important to help us become gladdened. The first one is a destined heritage. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever. I'm telling you, it is my heritage. Your testimonies are my possession. It's my inheritance. It's what I have. I have a testimonies of you. The evidence and the record is true, and it has become my heritage. It's what I live by and live for because it's what I possess. They are the rejoicing of my heart. You see, his testimonies mean a lot. Your testimonies are absolute incredible. And so what does it do? It takes everything that we have going for us and reminds us of the fact that these testimonies are ours to get. We inherited this record. Just like we are heirs with Christ and joint heirs and we are going to inherit everything that he has. Therefore, everything there is waiting for us. And and we just don't get to go there and live there. My goodness, we get to go there and become an heir and a joint heir with Christ so that it's all ours. You can't get any better than that. It absolutely is priceless. It is priceless. You, you can't get over the incredible pricelessness of your inheritance, your heritage. So read the word of God and let the evidence and the record stand straight and look to yourself and say, oh, you know what? God's record is true. In John chapter 8, constantly they were pounding on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were doing everything they could to get the Lord to say that he was a liar. And it started with that woman where he said, he without the first, he without sin cast the first stone without it. Just go ahead. And then he stooped down and rolled on the ground. You know what happened. Well, he said then after that, I'm the light of the world and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And we're talking about that guiding principle, the light. The light. The Pharisees said unto him, Thou bearest record, here we go, of thyself. Thy record is not true. They called him a liar. They said the evidence and the proof, the record, it's not there. Jesus answered and said to them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. 
And here's why. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but you cannot tell whence I came and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Okay. They didn't like that either. Then said unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. And he goes on, and it just becomes a discourse where Jesus just mutilates them. And they keep trying to come back, come back, come back. And down and the end, towards the end of the chapter, he says, you are of your father, the devil. He said, you're also a liar like your father, like the devil. He's the father of it. Man, it was, <laughs> it was stinging. He said, they said, thy record's not true. He said, oh, it's true. And here's why. And so that's my heritage. Jesus took care of those naysayers because his record is true. So we found out we have an incredibly destined heritage. But we also have something else. We have a heart, a heart that is inclined. And when we look at this, he said that these testimonies, which I have as a heritage, are the rejoicing of my heart. So when we take a look at the word rejoicing, we see an incredible joy beyond measure. We see exultation to God. They are the rejoicing of my heart. You overflow my heart. And I have inclined. I've leaned in to bend the ear up into. It means to pay incredible attention by stretching out something like an outstanding or outstretched hand or an arm or a leaning in with the ear. I have inclined. I've leaned my heart in to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Again, that perform, as it says, I will accomplish, I will complete, I will do what your statutes are. That is engraven, and I will do it always, all the time, all the way to the very end. Well, that's pointing towards our heavenly home. So we not only see that we have a destined heritage, and we also have an incredibly determined heart, but we see a destination of heaven, our heavenly home. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. Amen. You feel like traveling on? I've inclined my heart to perform my statutes. I mean, it just keeps on going, and it keeps on going. The psalmist has just come to the end of all this, and he said, hey, listen, I've been guided, I've been gardened, guarding, and I have been gladdened by it. I am exceedingly glad that I have a heritage. I'm exceedingly glad that my heart is inclined to do and to perform the statutes always to the end because I have a heavenly home which I will live in forever and forever and forever. Father, in the name of Jesus, strengthen our hearts, encourage our hearts, and help us to keep on keeping on. As we try to love you and live for you and learn from you through the light and the lamp of the next step and a little bit down the path, may we keep on keeping on through the word of God, the will of God, the ways of God, and the God of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 
Well, this is Pastor Walton praying that you have an incredibly, absolutely awesome and wonderful week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.